afternoon, evening, and welcome. You're listening to Beyond the Official Narrative. I'm your host, Richard Carey. Hour one of the broadcast here on this Monday, that is the 4th of December, 2023. And I'm joined by my regular Monday co-host, broadcasting from the UK, Mr. Paul Edward Stevenson. Paul, good to have you here, sir. Pleasure to be with you, as always, uh, Richard. And it's especially so uh, in this debut broadcast in the uh, the new time slot. Yeah, it's it's great to have you here, my brother. I mean, because we've been side by side on radio for quite a bit. Yep, and this is the new normal for beyond the official narrative. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, everyone, get your uh, you know caffeine handy. And uh, <laughs> mm. but uh, well, what no, time I, is what? What says uh, what? Six o'clock with you? Seven o'clock in the evening? Well, yeah, yeah. For me, it's seven. I mean, I still want to do <coughs> afternoon and evening. I know. Yeah, yeah. If you think yeah. of Pacific Pacific time, it's still four. So, yes, of course, and six o'clock in Texas, of course. Yeah, yeah. So, mm. I mean, you know, good span there, and especially so. Mid, uh, thank you for being up there. Yeah, of course. Yeah. No, it's up. okay. It's fine because, you know, I'm not. I I usually do gardening, um, but at this time of the year, I try to keep it to a minimum. And you know, considering our weather this winter. It, it's it, it's actually been the coldest and one of the wettest winters we've had uh, in maybe like 10 years. So I, I made the right decision, I think, because this is no weather to be uh, getting up at ungodly hours to head out to uh, cold, wet gardens. Um, and so I, I do some work at home from this time of year. And uh, on uh, I, I don't know, it depends what way you look at it, but it tends to facilitate my more nocturnal nature. And so my day tends to start more like at 11 o'clock in the morning and uh, proceeds till about three, sometimes four in the morning, you know. But I, I've been like that since I was a child anyway. So it, it kind of goes against my natural grain to be getting up at, uh, you know, 530 in the morning. But I do it when I'm when I'm working uh, in that type of work. But, uh, yeah, it's fine. Um, it might be more problematic in like February, March, but the minute is great. Excellent. Yeah, no, we'll we'll, uh, we'll deal with that as as things uh, adjust uh, to the seasons, but, and in general, uh, you know, we always, I don't know, it almost seems like a new show to some extent because of the new time slot uh, for some reason, you know, I, I suppose mm. there'll be some listeners who will be new, perhaps weren't likely to tune in at the hour I was at. Yeah, was, you'll probably get a new set of listeners because of the time difference. Because you know, different people have different schedules, and they get you know they're coming home from work at different times and starting work at different times or whatever. So yeah, you'll probably get some listeners that uh, you wouldn't normally have, and vice versa. You might lose some as well that normally tune in. Who knows? Sure, sure. But uh, for the good of the station, make sure all the slots are covered well enough. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, I can I just add can I just add, Richard, that I, I did a pre-recorded interview last week with Patrick Slattery, and then there was a bit of an issue with that airing uh, on Saturday. It's probably my fault for not flagging it up, you know, before the show. But we did send it over earlier. Well, Patrick did actually, 
Um, but you can get it in the archive. So if anybody's interested in that, there's some fresh content on my last man standing show that, you know, my normal listeners wouldn't have uh, heard. But it is in the archives as opposed to we did a rerun of an interview I did about Gary DeMar on Saturday where we talk about this whole uh, Christian Zionist nonsense. We repeated that show. But you can get that show I did with Patrick uh, on the archives. Okay. No, good technical note uh, for people to be aware of. And yes, no, the Christian Zionism, since you mentioned it, it certainly is uh, getting its run uh, the run for its money, um, <laughs> you know, of all time mm. right now. Yeah, well, I actually saw some moron um, at uh, the, uh, there was a big march over here. Although, I don't know, you know, depending on the media coverage and how many cameras they've got, if it's a, you know, if, if it's a march for something that doesn't fit the narrative, uh, they usually keep the pictures to a minimum and, they, you know, they, they find, you know, 30 people somewhere and pretend that's, uh, a, you know, a genuine representation of the uh, of the marches. Where, you know, whereas in, in those kind of cases, there'll often be tens of thousands of people who either, you know, not report, keep the reporting to a minimal. And when, when they do report, they try and make it look for all the world that there's not many people there. I think it was the opposite with this anti, uh, this uh, pro anti anti Semitic march that we had in London a couple of weekends ago, where it was like I, I believe amplified beyond reality. But they were talking about you know hundred thousand people were out marching uh, in solidarity with Jews, and, uh, and there was one guy there. Uh, he was interviewed and he said, well, I'm here because I'm a committed Christian and uh, I support the Jews because that's God's chosen people. And I, I just thought, oh, God, please help me. Um, but yeah, that's the, the Christian Zionist way. And uh, some of the, the recent related headlines to the Gazan situation. And well, I don't know, actually, uh, perhaps just a broadening war uh, for some of these. Because first I'll bring this one up actually pentagon reports and this has been going around the last couple of days u.s warship attacked in red sea a uss Kearney shoots down drones responds to ballistic <laughs> missile targeting commercial vessel have you heard about this Paul? <laughs> yeah and i don't know why you've seen any footage of this this uh character uh from uh who's <laughs> this guy is cartoonish uh, uh he seems to be the public relations uh uh the, the face if you like of the Husi rebels uh the the yemenese Husi rebels uh but this guy it, it, honestly it, it's kind of it's so comical and cartoonish juxtaposed by you know, the gravity uh, of what he represents, uh, a kind of a, I don't know why you would even call him a paramilitary group like you would sort of refer to as like the provisional IRA or something, because the, the IRA, you know, they didn't, you know, they didn't control uh, cities and territories and they didn't have uh, possession of uh, hundreds or maybe, you know, tens of thousands of um Scud missiles and other types of uh, major kind of armaments like the Houthi rebels do. But anyway, they are a semi-paramilitary organization. <laughs> this guy is so comical. But, you know, he's an endearing kind of a character uh, because, you know, they have been attacking these ships, which they believe have links to Israel. 
and he refers to his brethren uh, in uh, Gaza. So at least they, you know, they have the courage of their convictions, uh, unlike, you know, like a lot of those Arab leaders, which, you know, particularly the likes of uh, um, Erdogan. I mean, this guy is just a bag of hot air. He says all the right things, but, uh, you know, he's still doing business and uh, uh, with Israel and everything else. But these little Houthis, they're they're attacking more and more of these ships. Yeah. Sorry for the long answer. No, no, not at all. But so we, we should assume that it's that's all on the level. This is likely to happen at this point <laughs> that, that none of this could be, you know, a controlled, well, controlled uh, engineered sort of incidents. Well, I mean, I, I don't know what, well, who knows? But, um, mm-hmm. you know, the Houthis obviously do have these connections uh, sort of uh, religiously with, uh, and, you know, racially, I guess, too, with um, uh, the Palestinians. Uh, they have revealed footage, of course, of uh, hijacking one ship in particular, which is quite famous footage now. Um, is any of this stuff, could it, you know, can we ever believe everything? Well, we should always question everything. I mean, um, well, I mean, who the, knows? The, the initial reports seem to be coming from the Pentagon, and so right away, I mean, I'm suspicious of anything we hear from. So, what were the initial reports again? Sorry, Richard, that you're referring to. Well, let's see. Uh, this was from a, a couple of different sources uh, compiled in this. Uh, in this well blog post, basically, but disclose.tv on X uh, put Justin American warship and multiple commercial vessels have come under attack in the Red Sea uh, from Pentagon. And then <coughs> Benny, jo- Benny Johnson on X breaking the Pentagon says a U.S. warship and multiple commercial ships have come under attack in the Red Sea. And he actually had Associated Press as a reference. Uh, again, though, mm. you know, these are outlets of Western propaganda is I'm just Keeping note of that, CNN uh, reports the USS Kearney shot down two Houthi drones headed for in the ship's direction in the southern Red Sea on Sunday and responded to a distress call from a commercial, a civilian commercial vessel that was fired upon by a ballistic missile. The U.S. Yeah, well, the Houthis, the, the Houthis have said it's yeah they have said it's fair game to be targeting civilian ships as well. Anything kind of going in and out of Israel, uh, anything sort of linked to Israel, including civilian ships, that, uh, according to this this Houthi spokesperson, this kind of cartoonish figure, uh, they, they are, they're not holding back on the rhetoric about this. They're not trying to deny anything or whatever. Um, that's all I know. At this stage, I don't know anything else um, except that they're on record. Uh, I've seen this guy talking. He's very entertaining. Um, if it wasn't so serious, this guy would probably end up I don't know, uh, sitting on someone's uh, talk show bench, you know? He's that mm-hmm. kind of character. He's a very likable kind of a strange character. And then the only other uh, addition CNN had on it, the Kearney uh, and Ar- Arlie Burke-class destroyer deployed as part of the USS Gerald R. Ford Carrier Strike Group, destroyed one Hootie drone while in the Southern Red Sea. At the same time, the official said the Kearney observed, quote, at least one ballistic missile fired at a civilian commercial vessel, the MV Unity Explorer, which landed in that vessel's vicinity, unquote. The Kearney responded to the Unity Explorer's distress call and while assisting shot down another Hootie drone that was headed in the direction of both ships. 
And so, I mean, that's enough to... Uh, yeah, so there's multiple commercial ships that have been hit. Um, and the Houthi rebels are, have uh, openly taken, you know, <laughs> taken credit for it, really. Hmm. Um, and then, uh, let's see, I mean, we have more talking about how Israel knew about the Hamas attack plans long before they took place. Uh, let's see, we had a yeah. couple of articles. And, yeah. Mm. No, I was going to say the Haaretz today uh, have no reporting, so it's not, you know, it's not some conspiratorial uh, journal, that, you know, or some some source that can be labeled uh, uh, conspiratorial. But Haaretz have reported now what we spoke that I spoke to. Um, Phil Geraldi about about the, the 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 helicopters, the IDF helicopters shooting Israelis at that uh, concert, that uh, nightclub where you know the Hamas were solely blamed for this uh, massacre of, of these uh, innocent nightclub goers or whatever. But Haaretz are now reporting that uh, the IDF have blood on their hands and that they sort of while they were shooting. Uh, Hamas terrorists that they were also shooting um, Israeli civilians. So, and, and comparable to Haaretz, well, I'm not pronouncing it with the proper Haaretz, over here in the U.S., uh, <laughs> the New York Times, some jokingly called the, the Jew York Times because of how kosher it is. Uh, we have uh, two, two Jews who called this out in an article, uh, Bergman and Goldman, Ronan Bergman and Adam Goldman had a New York Times article, Israel knew Hamas attack plan more than a year ago. So, yeah, this is, has had a lot of people calling it out. And, and, um, and then, yeah, yeah, we have a lot of people thinking Israel is going to never recover from this, could actually fulfill these prophecies, you know, that it won't exist in the near future. Uh, I don't know. But uh, we, I, we just I, had, yeah, that, that, yeah. that they're still trying to gain sympathy, okay, as a couple of days ago, there was a breaking terrorist attack in Jerusalem. Israelis waiting for a bus, uh, allegedly stopped and killed by two shooters. You know that mm. that was out. I mean, I, I caught the story. I, I didn't. I don't know how much it was circulating. But you know, just to recap, I mean, U.S. has, has uh, now recently sent uh, just sent a, what two thousand pound bunker buster bombs to Israel, and. At this point, it's 15,000 bombs total the U.S. has sent to Israel since October 7th. Yeah, you know, I'm still, you know, you, you get apologists, plenty of them in this country, sadly, uh, for Israel, and uh, they're only trying to eradicate Hamas. Uh, well, I'm sorry, you know. Uh, there, there are a lot of civilians in a very densely, one of the most densely populated areas in the world. And if you're dropping those sorts of bombs, well, maybe you'll uh, kill some Hamas, but essentially you're going to kill everybody that's anywhere near in the vicinity of those massive ordnance being dropped. So and even the hospitals. Notion, even the hospitals. Yeah, I heard no, James Fetzer reporting today at some 14 hospitals now in Gaza that have been uh, leveled. Yeah, and so it's a complete ethnic cleansing operation because, you see, if you've got no hospitals, 
and the infrastructure is completely destroyed and you're likely to get killed by one of these bombs well if, if you, you know if you have any sense you're going to, you're going to leave the area so that's what's happening they're making it uh, uninhabitable for anybody to live there um because this is part of the later zionist plan it's the final solution for for palestine and gaza um and I, as far as I know, there was a poll done on uh, Israel last week, and the majority of the Israelis are behind this, because according to Alistair Crook, who I listened to earlier on uh, Judge Napolitano's show, um, the Israelis are subjected, and I think they're willing viewers, uh, to just a, a constant round-the-clock uh, footage of the initial 7th of October attack. So... These people are a mixture of uh, beside themselves with anger and fear in some cases, and they just want that whole area. They're, they're in support of this final solution. Um, but when you get Haaretz reporting some of this stuff that the IDF killed some of, you know, some of their own people and that the Israelis knew about this incident, and we reported on that right from the start very early, um, apart from anything else, they were warned about it. Uh, the BBC and others did a report that there were some IDF uh, female soldiers who were responsible for kind of lookouts on that, that area where um, the incursion occurred initially, uh, that they had, they had reported this to the IDF HQ and it went as far as, uh, you know, the prime minister and it was ignored. Uh, this has now been dismissed uh, or not even dismissed, but have been attributed to like lots of these things when they're exposed, it's then attributed to incompetence. Well, uh, call me cynical, but I don't think this was incompetence. I think this is exactly what they wanted. It was a false flag, essentially, by allowing it to happen so that they could conduct the kind of slaughter that they've been conducting since. And there are so many, nonetheless, hardliner Likudnik types who are just speaking of the Gazans in a completely dehumanizing manner, you know, justifying a further uh, and complete annihilation you know, of, of, of the Palestinians, uh, for that matter, West Bank. So, I mean, you know, it, it, it yeah. really is, is showing how, how some of these people aren't even willing to back down at this stage, uh, which I, I think is uh, even further shock to most of the civilized world. But, uh, well, let, let them continue because they're increasingly losing support and losing credibility, and so are their apologists and their spokes their spokespersons. And we have a lot of them in this country. There's a report today that there's like. Well, here, hold uh, that thought. Hold that thought. Actually, I hear the music, and and let's hear that one on the other side, sir. Stick around, folks. We'll be right back. Beyond the official narrative, Paul Edward Stevenson, Richard Perry. Gonna wait till the cows come home to get your new ease off drop and lift? What in the world is an ease off drop and lift? Our ease off is a new tool to increase production for your meat processing company that will get that whole hog or half a beef on or off your rail with our remote control. That sounds great, but can I afford it? Sure! And the ease off installs fast. The effortless operation will reduce fatigue, speed up your line, and increase profits. Okay, I'm convinced. Where can I get my ease off? Go to easeoff.com. 
That's E-A-Z-E-O-F-F dot com. And hurry because we're offering free shipping for a limited time. EaseOff.com. We make pigs fly. Cows, too. EaseOff, LLC, 417-932-6419. I'm so excited to have you as part of the Wild Pastures family, and we look forward to bringing you the pastures meats that you and your family will love. Now, we started Wild Pastures because so many of my clients would tell me they just couldn't find high-quality pasture meats. And even when they did, it was so expensive that they couldn't afford to eat it regularly. Now, I'm not talking about the bottom-of-the-barrel healthy meats that have claims like natural or free-range or even cage-free, terms that were actually created by the industrial food industry to make us feel all warm and fuzzy about buying their low-quality products. I'm talking about truly nourishing pasture-raised meats, the kind that you'll never really find in a grocery store. Our farmers are doing things beyond organic. Our beef is 100% grass-fed and grass-finished and raised on pastures free from chemicals and other pesticides. Our chickens are 100% pasture-raised, where they get their natural diet of grass and forage and insects. We will never settle for free range, which is actually one of the most deceptive terms in the chicken industry. In fact, less than 0.1% of the chicken consumed in the United States is truly pasture-raised in the way that ours is. And our pork is 100% pasture-raised as well. So if you care about where your food comes from, then you have definitely made it to the right place. As a Wild Pastures member, you'll be supporting the most highly principled farmers in America and getting the most nutrient-dense, nourishing, and sustainable meats in the world. I'm confident you'll love being part of our mission at Wild Pastures, and you will really love the delicious, nourishing meats that we're going to deliver straight to your door. Visit republicbroadcasting.org and click the Wild Pastures banner ad. Secure a shipment today. Beef, poultry, and pork raised the way nature intended. Beyond the official narrative here on Republic Broadcasting, Richard Carey with my Monday co-host, Paul Edward Stevenson. And I, I should have mentioned uh, at, at the opening, uh, if you haven't been already checking out Paul's RBN broadcasts, uh, do uh, check him out. And that's every Saturday morning, 10 a.m. Central. Uh, Last Man Standing with Paul Edward Stevenson, 10 a.m. Saturdays. And so, let's see, that would be 11 Eastern, that would be 8 Pacific, and uh, let's see, that would be 4, yeah, that's, that's 4 GMT, uh, if, you're, if you're in his neck of the woods. But you, you were uh, mentioning another story that just came out on the topic we were discussing in the first segment, Paul. Well, there was a report 
uh, today uh, that, you know, there's these young children who are being uh, subjected to anti-Semitism on buses and public transport, young Jews, apparently. And that, uh, you know, anti-Semitism is, uh, you know, a stain on, on the UK at the moment. Um, and it's there's a 1,533% uh, increase in uh, um, anti-Semitic attacks. This was reported, by the way, you know, in, 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 in various different outlets. But I also saw it on a YouTuber. Um, he's an elderly guy over here who talks a lot of sense most of the time. So I listen to what he has to say from time to time. Uh, but he's still very much in that kind of normie uh, nationalist, uh, confused, I would say, nationalist camp, where they really conflate anti-whiteness with anti-Jewish, um, and they become, in fact, I, I have never seen this guy as animated in, in this particular video we did today uh, when it comes to the kind of hostility that whites receive. Now, he acknowledges that, uh, but he was so emotive about anti-Semitism um, because the UK really does, because of the world wars, I guess, it really has its identity up its backside with uh, Jews, generally. Not just the state of Israel, uh, but Jews. And, of course, this is seen as a, you know, a real, uh, real shame for the UK. And it's also attributed to, of course, the, the rise of uh, uh, Muslim immigrants into the country, which, as you know, um, I, uh, I'm not a supporter of and find <laughs> deeply undesirable. But... I, you know, I'm aware of uh, Jewish involvement in the subjugation and uh, of our people and the subversion of our of our institutions, and of course their very aggressive uh, and omnipresent role in mass immigration, which people like him and people like Tommy Robertson supporters and much of the so-called right and the, and much of the those who call, refer to themselves as nationalists in this country ignore out of ignorance or willful ignorance or whatever but it needs to be pointed out to these people that the jews are not so keen in being apologists for you including the zionists because tucker carlson and candace owens revealed that in universities which have been you know outright indoctrinating white hatred uh, western culture christian culture hatred for years now uh, they have been funding it, and they only became irate and irked by this when there were some uh, Jews who happened to be on the receiving end of some of this hatred. And, you know, at the end of the day, th there's this conflation in this country, and it's a very strong one and disturbing one, that what happens against Israel is somehow the same as what's happening against us. And like I said, it's a very one-way street because there are no such apologists and uh, care shown by the Jewish community and Jewish oligarchs, to put it mildly, towards white interests and the interests of Western culture. But this is what persists. And, uh, you know, it's very irritating uh, to listen to these people because they talk as if, you know, we are somehow a threat from Hezbollah and uh, Hamas. Uh, now, we have a lot of Muslims in this country who are obviously very sympathetic to those people, and they're very problematic in different ways, and that's another uh, conversation, and it's a pretty obvious one. But we are not at war with Hamas in this country. We are not at war with Hezbollah in this country. Israel is, and Israel has brought it on itself. 
And it's not our concern. It's not of any interest to me at the end of the day. It is of much secondary interest to me. And Tucker Carlson at least pointed this out. Now, we won't agree with Tucker Carlson and everything else, but this is not America first when you're obsessed with Israel. And it's not Britain first when you're obsessed with Israel. In fact, there's a political organization over here called Britain First, and there are a bunch of morons who run around at these rallies waving Israeli flags because essentially they are anti-Muslim immigration uh, organizations. And that's the limit, and that is the scope of their ideology. Now, I understand it, but there is no... uh, These people are not real nationalists. They are just anti-Islamic immigration. That's part of it if you're a nationalist. Why would you want uh, millions of Muslims here? Of course you don't. But we don't want all the other stuff that's going on either. And that's a very long list of things that are undesirable. And many of them, if not all, have been promoted by Jews. And and a lot of this alt-right movement, you know, uh, Jeremy uh, has spoken about this often as well. uh, Because, you know, he's the same age as us. And, you know, we saw this thing develop, uh, like... The, the red ice uh, sort of circles and the Richard Spencer circles and the um, Arctos media, uh, Daniel Freiberg circles were in Europe and in the U.S. There's, there was a very strong alt-right movement uh, a little earlier. It, they really started gaining steam about like maybe even 2014, 13, 14, 15, you know, even before Trump was really in the spotlight for the presidency. Uh, so it's like but, I mean, it was very kosher, you know, uh, ultimately. Even, even though, I mean, they fe- featured and helped make more well-known uh, people like, you know, Dr. Kevin McDonald and Dennis Wise as guests. Nonetheless, you know, at the end of the day, very, very kosher uh, alt-right movement, it turned out to be, in, in similar to how, how you described. Well, I mean, I, mean, yeah, I would the, the, the Muslim, that the Muslim uh, thing... And, uh, you know, the, you know, may, maybe attacking like, you know, I don't know, the, the gay uh, LGBT uh, agenda. Like, yeah, well, I, ironically, ironically, the people that I mentioned, people like Tommy Robinson and Britain First as well, maybe Britain First a little less. I don't know where they stand on this, uh, you know, promotion of uh, LGBT. But, uh, I, you know, it's very secondary to these people. Their identity is anti-Muslim, really. I mean, I think the alt-right movement. Yeah, obviously they spoke a lot about Jews, and but then I, I think what I found unappealing about that crowd was that it all got very kind of how do I describe it? Um, it was all it seemed a bit um, childish to some extent, or it became mm-hmm. kind of like the cool. It became like the cool crowd, and. Yeah. Uh, you know, there was some of that going on. Oh, with, with and, char- well, yeah, with characters like Richard Spencer, uh, for sure. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, and not only him, but other guys where it's it sort of like it, it just seemed immature to me, really. It seemed uh, I don't even know what the word for it is. I remember talking to Patrick about it, but I, I knew it wasn't going to last in, in terms of the way it was, um, because there was a hell of a lot of. In fact, I, there was a lot of narcissism going on, quite frankly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there really was, and I mean, yeah. you you had a lot of um, well, uh, outsider uh, mingling uh, as far as uh, well, I don't know, you know, there was 
you know, some people more from the left uh, or um, even I think there was some gay guy who was, uh, still is around, but, uh, you know, was getting promoted on, on the Red Ice broadcast. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, you well, overall, um, certainly see uh, a lot of, well, of course, we had the Dugan uh, phase. You know, a lot of people were promoting Alexander Dugan. And, 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 and mm. um, so that there was a big divide yeah. over that. Yeah, and I think the frustration in this, in this country and probably across the West as well is that there is maybe, I don't know, 80% of things that we can agree with some of these people on. And unfortunately, unfortunately, like some of the people I mentioned, when it comes to Israel and the Jews, you know, they, there's this conflation of Jewish interests with uh, UK's interests because we've got so many Muslims here. And of course, the establishment media uh, sides with the the Muslims uh, into this category of, uh, you know, protected minority in this sort of cultural Marxist uh, culture. And so then you have, oh, well, you know, we must stand by Israel because they've got a problem with Muslims and we've got a problem with Muslims. So the Jews always get get a pass. And uh, I, I just fail to see if you're anti-immigration, how you can how, how you can ignore or how you can be blind to the Jewish role in mass immigration. I mean, how is, how is this not relevant? Even in 2001, when they really started accelerating mass immigration in the UK, you had Barbara Roche, who was the immigration secretary under Tony Blair, who was a Jew, and, and, and is quoted as openly saying that, that she, she wanted a, a, a much larger multicultural society and was a promoter of it and all her policies bore that out but you know and another and bar- another, all- another barbara huh roche you said because of course that makes me think of barbara specter i think she spends her time in france yeah but barbara roche had power she was like the immigration secretary under tony blair i mean this is the same with this mayorcas character another jew it's there's no it's not a coincidence that you have the, the the largest movement of people, you know, and open borders under the you know tutelage, if that's the right word, under the um, authority of of a Jew himself, another immigrant like Barbara Roche. Um, these people push multiculturalism because they feel more comfortable in a multicultural society because their schemings become. Uh, blurred in, in that kind of environment. They are just one of many uh, minority groups. And the, the reality is that the vast majority, if not entirely, these kind of minority protecting laws that are pushed and brought in are for the benefit, as they see it, of the Jew. It's true. Absolutely. It's a way to blend in, but also to have more non-white minority groups who will take your, side, take your side, stick yeah. up for you as well. Certainly. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, because, you know, because of their history in Europe. But you can look. In fact, I remember, should, should do another show about it. I remember the first show I did with you on um, Renegade, where I listed you know, some very large organizations that push um, mass immigration. But, you know, the, the representation of, of, you know, Jews and, and secular contemporary refugee and migrant sort of organizations is off the charts. 
um, you know, they're everywhere. Uh, you know, you can go through a list of them, like really, really big ones. Um, they lead, they lead, they're the leadership of all four of the largest and most influential and nominally secular organizations active in America today. That is the International Rescue Committee, President and CEO David Miliband, Refugees International, President Eric P. Schwartz, formerly of HIAS, International, I'm, I'm taking this by the way of, of an article from uh, Andrew Joyce that I came across earlier. Okay. International Refugee Assistance Project Director Becca Heller and Human Rights Watch Executive Director Kenneth Roth and Deputy Director uh, Lane Levine and Fred Abrahams. So you could these massive organizations, you know, and, and these are just like big umbrella organizations. And, you know, for other uh, migrant groups, like we have mentioned, the Southern Poverty Law Center, you've got Bend the Ark, you've got... Uh, over here, you've got the Refugee Council, who's uh, head up by uh, a gentleman called, um, what's his name, uh, Enver Solomon. Um, you know, it's this en uh, endless list, you know, the Hebrew Immigrant Aid Society. Um, and these are, you know, th these are not insignificant groups. And, and I just don't understand how these so-called nationalists in this country are, are completely oblivious to this because I think if they're like, I don't know, it's like they're like, I, I think they don't know what to do with it when confronted with it um, because such is the indoctrination and the depth of it that Jews are a benevolent force and actually a good force. And this doesn't fit their narrative. So it's a certain amount of cognitive dissonance, I believe, you know. Well, yes, certainly. I mean, each level uh, has a varying amount of information of all these agendas, but support uh, pretty much everything that Jews, uh, by and large, tend to favor. You know, on a given topic, that is that is very uh, noteworthy. As far as yeah. uh, some, re go ahead. No, I was going to say, you know, and, and this term Judeo-Christian, if I hear one more person say Judeo-Christian, I, honestly, I think I'm going to have to like set up a debate with some moron, with this oxymoron, because um, <laughs> I, I, I just can't handle it anymore. This, this kind of, this term is a complete aberration, and so is this loving with Jews in the last 20th century. If people knew anything about our history, they wouldn't dismiss it as, oh, our shameful anti-Semitic history. They would separate themselves from this hubris and realize that we have good reason in this country to have had problems with Jews, not Muslims, who weren't here and weren't a problem up until very recently when the likes of some of the people I just mentioned and their organizations brought them here. And as far as other updates on the, the Gazan developments, I was going to add Israel withdraws 70% of their forces from northern Gaza due to operational failures, we're being told, and increased resistance strikes that they're uh, dealing with. That's according to an Al Jazeera report. So, And then that, that was yesterday. As of today, uh, I do have this in. U.S. efforts to extend Gaza truce are objectively pro-Hamas. Warmonger Bolton says Biden administration scared to death of left-wing extremists. 
And so, uh, you know, that they're saying they well, think the pause, the pause is behind us. They think Israel's best judgment here is simply to proceed militarily to achieve the objective it says it wants, according to Bolton. You know, and that's the elimination of Hamas, he, he added. And, yeah, I mean, we have hardline statements still coming out of Netanyahu. I have a couple here. Netanyahu to Blinken, to Anthony Blinken, vows nothing will stop us from destroying Hamas. Uh, another one, Israel expands ground operations to whole of Gaza, seeking total victory. So, mm. yeah, they're not backing down. Okay, well, you know, the reality is Hamas has just become a euphemism for the greater Israel plan and the ethnic cleansing of Palestine because the evidence very much suggests as much. Because they they bombed the hell out of North Gaza. And uh, what happened to all this eradication of Hamas? Because they went in there since the, the, the slaughter continued. And guess what? There's still some Hamas there. In fact, there's enough of them there where they killed 60 of them in, in, in one sitting. And they've been taking out tanks left, right and center because you're now into guerrilla warfare. And they basically, like I said, um, the Israelis were caught napping. And I think it was on Monday morning just after the whole thing had resumed where Hamas uh, basically um, bombed uh, 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 an IDF base and it killed 60 IDF soldiers in one sitting. And I have seen live footage. Is it recent? I don't know, but the reports are coming out left, right, and center that you know the the, the Hamas are taking out these uh, uh, tanks at will from close range. You even see footage of them walking up to it and just sticking in the grenade. They don't even have you know because they've got RPG sevens, you know, RP rocket propelled grenades, and from like thirty or forty feet, these things can very accurately uh, penetrate the armor of these tanks. But in some cases. So oblivious are the IDF to their to their presence because they're popping up wherever they want to, and they're in the kind of territory that Hamas want them to. They're able to just walk up to the tanks and actually just plant the grenade there and then walk away. You know, so the only thing Israel are good at is dropping American huge American bombs from the safety of fighter jets on you know defenseless. Women, children, and whoever's in, in that neighborhood where they drop the bomb. They're not very good at up-close uh, actual fighting, you know. And, they, you know, this has been revealed even since the resumption of, of hostilities. Yes. And everything uh, else from both our countries, uh, the talk, the response from a lot of these people has been more censorship and, uh, well, if, well, of course, there are people pointing out, you know, a lot of the controlled opposition uh, media outlets like this NewsGuard. Now, we have some free speech groups calling on Congress to block the NewsGuard funding uh, from the government over here. And I'm sure you have uh, the equivalent as far as I mean, but you know, there are so many platforms I've been suspicious of, you know, uh, so-called alternative media uh, websites and the popped up in, in the last couple of years, which seem, mm. seem uh, you, know, you know, highly suspect and, um, you know, uh, well, tackling these... relatively safe topics where, you know, I don't know, you know, it very often seems like it is, um, you know, something that could be actually just yeah, funded by the establishment. Go ahead. Yeah, and a lot of these censorship laws and legislations that are brought in, you know, they, they are... 
they're very discriminatory and selective uh, and how they're um, prosecuted. If you like, you look at Ireland, if you happen to not like, you know, some uh, Algerian migrant killing five people or stabbing three children and two women in broad daylight in Dublin and you uh, respond to it, well, then you're far right and the censorship needs to be brought in for you. But, you know, we've had incidents in London with these marches and it goes on in the mosques here where they can freely talk about, you know, wiping Israel off the, off the planet and this type of stuff. Now, regardless of what the Muslims want to do with Israel, that's not my, my point in making this as outrageous. The point is that they know that this would ostensibly fit the category not only of hate speech laws, but of the kind of laws that we already have in place, which is inciting hatred and violence, particularly inciting violence. We already have legislation for that. But they, they allow that to go ahead because it doesn't fit the narrative. So, you know, because these, these are a protected uh, so-called minority. Um, so it's not about whether you, you know, approve of their sentiments or not, but they get away with it. But we, people like us can say a lot less about immigration or about, you know, state facts about Jewish institutions' role in immigration, for example. And these laws, you know, you will feel the full weight of these laws, including imprisonment if necessary, you know. So they're very selective and hypocritical about how they uh, use these, uh, this sort of, these sorts of uh, laws that are brought in, you know. Yes. Then, I mean, in the midst of this Gazan massacre, really. Debacle. Yeah. The, we have, well, I think Elon, again, showing his true colors, but trying to act like he's uh, sticking to his guns. He's had meetings recently with Jonathan Greenblatt of the ADL, as well as Benjamin Netanyahu, uh, PM of Israel. And we, I mean, it, it. he he acted like, and a lot of people tried to report on it as if he um, stuck to his principles. I think he conceded uh, considerably uh, in in, in uh, being a yes man to to what was being proposed by these people. And just recently, Elon banned uh, "From the River to the Sea" uh, slogan uh, being put out on X as as one example, and and that's open to interpretation, you know, considerably. So, I mean, how are we supposed to believe that he's you know, it just seems like they need someone in big tech who seems like a savior uh, to, to try to keep keep most of the, uh, of the you know of the people uh, staying in in that safe zone. They can cont- have more control over. Mm. Yeah, I must admit I don't really keep up to date much with what Elon Musk's doing, or have have right. really explored too much of what his motives may or may not be. To be quite honest. Well, he's a shifty guy. I mean, he's all over the place, you know, with what he's involved in, not just Tesla. We have SpaceX. We have his interest in the whole transhumanism uh, thing with the microchip implant plans. And, you know, he's, he's even claimed that he'll, get the, he'll be the first one to be implanted to show that it's safe and, and, <laughs> and that you're not being controlled and all this. And, um, yeah, you know, we're so, just mm. like these people who say, oh, well, you know, we'll take the... Uh, I mean, you know, if someone from Pfizer said that they took the mRNA shot, would you believe they didn't have a placebo, you know? So anyhow. I was talking to a guy today that he um, uh, he, he told me that he, he just uh, contracted um, COVID. Um, he also told me that he had just been for a, a COVID jab 
two days before he contracted COVID. <laughs> that's, a, that's no joke. I was like, sorry, say it again. Uh, I, 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 at first, thought, I, I thought that he had said he contracted COVID and decided to get a vaccine. But alas, no. He got the uh, COVID, the vac- he got uh, the vaccine last Thursday, and he got COVID on Saturday. And, yeah. And, I mean, one, the first observation could, you know, it wouldn't possibly occur to him that what he is actually suffering is something from what he, you know, received from that shot. And, but also, we are hearing how each sequential jab of these considerably compromises uh, the immune system of the individual. You know, so each booster, even worse. You know, um, I don't know if it's quite exponential, but it's 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 considerably more each time around. Or yeah, you could be shortening your lifespan and and vital organs, the lifespan of a lot of your vital organs, and in, in, in so many ways, cancers are starting to. Um, emerging young people and, and the term turbo cancer is trending ever since these shots have come out as one other example. Um, mm. yes, have you got just, uh, people you know and close to you have taken those things? I, I yeah, just like a lot around RBN. Unfortunately, yeah, I, I do know some people I've, uh, you know, I've warned in my family and, uh, you know, some, but they went ahead anyway. Right. Yeah. And, and so, um, mm. well, I'm I, glad that, you know, my, and my son, who who will be twenty this week, he uh, didn't have one of them. Now I've got other people I know who went, you know, full on normie with them, including my girlfriend. Before I'd met her, she took three of them. Um, and I so I try not to think of it, but yeah. Anyway, it was like uh, I don't know how it came up. We sort of digressed into the vaccine thing, but um, anyway, that uh, incident. Just back to what we were talking about, there was dozens of IDF soldiers inside tents at a deployment uh, base in the east of the Jural Jural Dyke region or area, um, and the uh, Al planted three anti-personnel devices. Okay, let's continue that on the other side. Stick around, folks. Pushing me around But I stand my ground And I Tahibo Tea Club's original pure pouty Arco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus does not grow on. As a result, it naturally has antifungal, anti-infection, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system, and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit drinksupertea.com. The first word is drink, spelled D-R-I-N-K, then the word super, then the word tea. The complete website is drinksupertea.com. Or call us at 818-965-9113, Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-965-9113, drinksupertea.com. Have you been looking for a trusted long-term storable food company? We have a solution for you. Simply Clean Foods is dedicated to providing the best quality food you can buy next to fresh from a farmer's market. Our line of resealable fruits, vegetables, and meats are suitable for everyday use, and you won't have to worry about throwing away valuable groceries ever again. 
Our food is completely GMO-free, and our stringent quality controls, plus testing for heavy metals, makes us unique in the storable foods market. Simply Clean Foods' primary focus is to bring clean food to people all around the world and change the way we look at freeze-dried food in our daily cooking. When you purchase from Simply Clean Foods, not only will you be receiving high-quality food, but you will also be supporting veterans in need across the country and those who are affected by natural disasters. Go to republicbroadcasting.org and click on Long-Term Food Storage in the rotating sponsors' banners to support RBN. Simply Clean Foods. Do it today. Hello, hello, hello from beautiful Colorado. My name is Samuel Jung Kay, and I am currently the lead Shilaji hunter and master herbalist for Colorado Shilaji Company. In this video series, I will be discussing what we believe is the greatest of all adaptogenic superfoods and the single greatest natural healing remedy gifted to us by Mother Earth. I think you too will become as excited by this incredible substance called Shilaji as we were and are after our discovery of this amazing gift right here in beautiful, colorful Colorado. You may already know Shilajit by other names. Shilajit, Momio, Momi, Mami, Mineral Pitch, Asphaltum, and others. Shilajit literally translates to destroyer of weakness and conqueror of mountains. Shilajit has been in use for thousands of years and is considered as the highest valued cure-all of any earthly substance. Look for the gold mountain and medical symbol logo in banners on republicbroadcasting.org to watch the full video and see more information. Use code GORBN when ordering. That's G-O-R-B-N. are back for the final segment of our one here richard carey with paul edward stevenson and paul uh, you want to finish up uh, i'm sorry what you were uh, adding uh, right before the music yeah so there was three anti-personnel devices planted at this um idf deployment uh, where they were based and reports are it killed 60 of them in one one go so, you know, once they go in the ground there, they are extremely vulnerable. Uh, like I said, they like to just kill innocent defenseless people from the safety of F-16s. Um, but uh, it's not uh, it's not so pretty for them when they when they're actually going in the ground. So this idea of defeating Hamas is a nonsense. They're not going to defeat Hamas. No way. Mm. Yes, I mean, it's an excuse to wipe out as many people in Gaza as possible. And, yeah, we are hearing indications, you know, plans that, that they are going to, at least to a portion of the West Bank, um, continue accordingly, uh, basically, uh, with under the guise of, you know, some terrorists being in these regions. Uh, you know, I, I would think, you know, eventually they'll just want to whittle it down more and more, at the very least, um, you know, they'd like to get things completely wiped out in Gaza and get things started over in West Bank uh, before there's any a serious uh, halting um, to this mm. is my suspicion. But 
I mean, you know, a lot of people, I think the the repercussions are going to be far worse once things set in a bit more internationally. And well, mm-hmm. yeah, if if this thing escalates, because obviously, you know, you've got a potential of a world war kicking off there, considering, um, you know, the different alliances that are, you know, particularly with Syria, you have Russia um, involved, and Russia is an ally of Iran. And then with Russia and China being so close, you'd have, you know, that, that same world war scenario that we've often spoke about if it kicked off. You'd have the usual suspects in the West against Russia, Iran, China, or sorry, Russia, yeah, Russia, China, Iran, Hezbollah, obviously, Syria, um, and NATO, and, you know, and Israel and NATO. So we'll see what happens. But, you know, the longer this kind of aggression goes on by Israel, I think the more likely it is to escalate. Um, and uh, But we'll see. Let's hope not. But, you know, they, they, these guys are maniacs, these Israelis, uh, you know, they, this hard Zionist faction. But, you know, they've scared so many of the Israeli people and caused so much anger among them that this poll reveals that, you know, the Israelis, 90% of them apparently just want this problem dealt with. So I don't think they're opposed to the ethnic cleansing of uh, Palestine either, you know? Yes. Well, I mean, to take this music festival as an example, it smells like a false flag. You know, they're, they're trying to put fear into the, you know, the leftist mindset of their population. Of course. We'll, we'll be back for hour two. Uh, stick around, folks. And please support republicbroadcasting.org. Go to that donate page and uh, check out our sponsor website. We'll be right back. What would you say if I told you we have a new tool that will increase production and lower maintenance costs for your meat processing company, and it would pay for itself in just six weeks? When pigs fly! The new Ease-Off Model EZ4 replaces old spring-style carcass droppers and is faster, safer, and more reliable. The Ease-Off lowers or lifts 1,000 pounds to or from your rail automatically using our remote control. Sounds expensive. Can I afford it? Can you afford not to try the Ease-Off? It installs fast with just three bolts in place of your current dropper. The effortless operation will reduce fatigue and injuries, speed up your line, eliminate downtime, and increase profit. How can I order my EaseOff? Go to EaseOff.com, E-A-Z-E-O-F-F dot com. And hurry, because we are offering $200 off on the new Easy 4 for a limited time. EaseOff.com. We make pigs fly. Cows too. EaseOff LLC. Summersville, Missouri. 417-932-6419. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. truth, truth.